three, two, one. Cool? Yeah, cool. <laughs> okay, sick. Okay, so this is the anniversary Q&A episode. Um, I'm Kai Gwilym Pritchard. This is David Orion Penna, um, a creator of DOS After You, if you didn't already know. Um, he's going to be asking me the questions because otherwise it's just me talking to myself and, you know, that seems like a bit weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, are you okay? How's it going? Yeah. We've already sort of asked each other, but let's do it for the podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm good. Um, I will say it again. I'm running on five hours of sleep, but I'm doing pretty well. So, <laughs> good set. Yeah, well, good day. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> okay, so we've got some uh, questions submitted from some lovely friends, some, you know, fans, I hope fans, but, you know. Uh, and also some that um, David has written as well. So I guess we'll just start with the first one. Does that sound good? Yeah, we'll start with the first one. So the first one is kind of a question mix between Doom and a question that I asked. So mm. uh, Doom works in um, the dichotomy. No? Are we right? Yeah. Yeah. And he also voiced one of your episodes. I think it was 14. Oh, um, he did... Uh... Uh, Shadow of Death Shadow in of Death. episode 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking fantastic. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Really good job. Yeah, he was a <laughs> was very happy he was a episode. guy who killed me. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It's, yeah. No, not, no. Not, not a great way to... No, no, no. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll bring you back for another part, I'm sure. If I, if, I, if I have to die at the hands of someone in Chain of Being, I'm glad it's Dooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the question is, where does Chain of Being come from? Like, we understand it is in a one-source kind of production, but how did you start creating the universe and the characters? So, I don't know if this is, like, normal, but it was a bit of a weird sort of uh, beginning. So I started off when I was, like, maybe 14, 15. I was, like, madly into, like, Welcome to Night Vale. Um, <laughs> I just used to listen religiously. Like, I attended a live show when they showed up uh, in London. They did a... I think it was like the ghost stories one. Um, and oh, I was just, yeah, completely I also, in love with it. I also went to that one because that one got to Madrid. Like it's the only one that has a... Oh, maybe gone. they were doing like a Europe tour yes. or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. It was really good. Um, yeah. So I was just, yeah. And then I was listening to podcasts and that kind of made me branch out into other podcasts. And that's why I listen to podcasts like, you know, religiously. It's, it's insane. Um, but yeah, I kind of started listening to loads and then this around the same time I kind of always wanted to see a combination of like mythology and sci-fi and kind of like fantasy sci-fi um mm. uh, at least to like 15 year old me because I mean obviously when you're 15 you only know like certain things I wasn't that cultured I didn't see a lot of that kind of thing and my philosophy is generally like if there's a thing that you don't see that you want to see um just make it yourself and then you know from there you can kind of figure it out um so that was kind of you know, that's that's what where the kind of impetus was for making it. And then the inspiration came from that desire to, well, to see that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and so then also at the same time, um, I was doing like English uh, GCSE and one of them was um, we were doing Macbeth. And this concept of like the great chain of being came up for people that don't know. It's like this medieval concept that every single creature like angels and then God is at the top. And then it goes angels. I think then demons are above us. And then it's like, it's a, it gets a little bit like feudalistic because it goes like king, noble, peasant. And then it goes to like lion and then like rose. Like the rose is the highest of like the plants apparently. But, oh you know, it's all completely like, it's all nonsense. But I thought that idea was quite cool of like the order of all creatures ever. Um, 
So then I started drawing, um, like I had this big notebook and I basically wrote my own chain of being, but as if it was the entire universe. And, you know, I drew all these gods and I like, there's this, yeah, there's all these drawings in this notebook, which I suppose I should um, like upload scans of it. You know, I think, I don't know if people would be interested in seeing that, but. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, like as a creator, I also love how, like to see the process of other people. And I guess like most writers, we scribble a lot. You know, notebooks and things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So I think it's it could be like really cool to show your notes if you want to, and I think people really like it. So mm. upload them. I think so. I mean, I think that. But yeah, I've got so many notes because um, I was at school, uh, <laughs> like you know, doing GCSEs, and so in my planner, I just write any idea I have or any character I can come up with. I just write it down, and that's kind of where why I have this very intense universe. I think is intense the right word? It's very deep. It's a lot. Um, well, In-depth is the word. I like the word intense. I'm a very intense person and I do mm. intense things, so I like yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, I think deep and um, vast, I think vast will be also yeah. the word because it feels really big, uh, but in a non-scary way. It's just like, I want to see more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I'm glad that's what's coming across because that's kind of the intention because I have all these like, yeah, all these notes that I've written down, you know, over the like four to five years, uh, three or four, sorry, three or four years. Um, I was just basically thinking about chain of being in the universe. And it, it was originally quite like silly. Like there were some very like silly gods. Like there was one called like, um, like Chad X or something. And he was like this sort of American jock God that was basically just like, didn't give a shit about humans and stuff or like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was very like, it was stupid, but, um, it kind of became more serious, uh, as kind of time went on. Um, but yeah. And so that's, I guess, why I have this massive universe already, like, in my head a little bit. And I'm always, like, thinking about it now anyway. But, like, because of that, like, the way I see it is, like, I'm doing, a, uh, I can't really, yeah, because this is audio, isn't it? Um, imagine there's a big circle. Maybe I'll, like, draw a picture or something. Um, and that's, like, the entire universe. And then you just tell a story, a small-ish story that doesn't necessarily, like, talk about the rest of it. Hmm. Like, because if you're reading a book that's set now, or rather, it's, you know, set in our world, like it will say things that it won't go into depth explaining. Like it will, you know, I mean, there'll be references to like politicians and then mm. you won't necessarily know what that is. I mean, unless, you know, if you're an alien reading a book, you know, set on earth. Do you know, what I mean? does that make sense? Yes, yes. Because the the good thing about audio is that it, it is half of it. I think it's about what the people listening are feeling uh, in the holes or in the spaces that you live as a creator. Yeah. So you, you cannot feel everything, but audio is also very imaginative. Like we will talk about sound later, but I think with the um, universe itself, it works because, and you do it quite well in chain of being of just like sewing this and that, and you don't really have to stop and do like an info dump because no one likes that, Yeah. but you slowly yeah, big, get, big monologue. exactly, but you slowly get the idea of, of how this universe works. Uh, of how, like, I don't know, I really love the concept. Like I told you, like, I'm a big fan of political stuff, conflict, mm. you know? Like, mm. I, I blame yeah. the Star Wars prequels <laughs> for this. Yeah. I was really little and I loved Obi-Wan a lot, so I paid a lot of attention about the Senate and all these things. <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you do that, like, quite well. Like, you don't have to explain everything, but mm. um, you can you can like fill the gaps that you you keep living. Like why? Like for example, like the list of the uh, immortal people, like the the council have, and you don't know what oh, yeah. you don't know what Adam has done. 
but he's the last one on the mm. list. So those kind of things that you can feel and then you meet Adam and you start to understand maybe some things or you don't because I'm still thinking like, what the hell did he, did he do? Like, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Why, why people hate him? Yeah. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's quite, I don't know. I just find that concept quite funny of like, he does, he's not that bad, but everybody just despises him. He can't like <laughs> catch a break. I don't know. I think I'm quite mean to him as a, as like a character, but um, you know, I think it's funny. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it in terms of like developing law and the backstory of the of the podcast, more or less. You know, yeah. I think like half or even more, like seventy percent of people who are doing podcasts and like audio drama and audio fiction right now, really come from this mm. point of I haven't seen this yet, so I gotta make it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, it's such an easy. Yes. Well, it's not necessarily easy because that kind of devalues what we do, but like it's the, I think it's one of the most accessible like art forms and media because if you have a microphone, which most phones and computers do, you can record yourself and, you know, Audacity is free. And exactly. I think, yeah, obviously there's a certain baseline of privilege you need because you need mm. a computer and things like that. But I think it's it's very, very like anyone can really do it if you have, you know, a certain level of stuff because obviously, you know, not everybody can and has the time, but. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's good. I think, every, I mean, I've did this whole rant on Twitter, but I think everyone should at least attempt to do an audio drama. I think it's very cathartic in a way. But yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> okay. So time for question number two, uh, talking about Adam. <laughs> this question is from Jason Beckholm. Thank you, Jason. And uh, the question is, what are the horns that Adam has? I feel like there's some mythology you're referencing I haven't been exposed to. It's cool, just want to know the origin. And there's another question, but let's start with that. <laughs> so when I originally came up with Adam, like the original backstory was that um, at right at the beginning, when the gods made us, they were like, we were all like very robotic. And it was based off this idea that like, without free will, we would be robots and, you know, mm. we wouldn't have like souls or create anything or whatever. Um, and so this idea that they were, you know, so originally he was like going to be full robot, kind of like, I imagined him quite like General Grievous, who, you know, I'm still <laughs> obsessed with, but I was like madly obsessed with General Grievous at the time. Um, I can feel so that. So <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, he's so incredible. Um, but like, yeah, they were, he was originally going to be a robot and he had these horns um, just because I thought horns were cool. I mean, I'm ripping off like Hellboy incredibly because... <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I think the, the second part of his question is ref, um, what I'm like inspired by. But yeah, Hellboy was a big one. And I just like that idea of having horns. I thought it was cool. Um, in terms of mythology, you know, I think it's everyone knows how influenced I am by like Christianity and that sort of um, the backstories. Or just suppose Judeo-Christian because it's Old Testament. But um, this idea that like when Cain, like, you know, the, you know, Cain and Abel. I, I was raised Catholic in Spain. But, oh, but sorry, yes, no, yes, but, but, I knew no, that. but sorry, you can explain yeah, it because probably people people who, yeah. who are listening, maybe not everyone knows. So, yes. That's true. Go, go at so it. So, Cain <laughs> and Abel are the children of Adam and Eve. Hmm. Um, and they were, I think, living on like a farm for eight. I think they were adults when this happened, but hmm. they would, you know, bring offerings to God. And God always favored Abel's offerings, which inevitably um, pissed off Cain, who then killed his brother um, and his blood like went into the soil. So, as a punishment... And I don't know how much of this is specifically like biblical canon and how much of this is just media, you know, messing around with it. But he puts a mark on Cain. I don't know if it says where specifically, but he puts a mark on Cain that basically means no one can touch him. And whoever like harms Cain, 
will be um, like, I think it's like avenged like 14 times over and like your children's children's children will be like cursed for, you know, whatever. Um, so he is untouchable and he's just forced to wander the earth forever. And this idea of like, when you do something wrong, um, you get this mark and then not that you are then hurt, but that no one can touch you. Um, mm. because you are, you know, you are forced to, you know, do your own suffering and you're just on your own completely. And that idea I think is probably quite a massive inspiration for Adam. I think his crimes against the gods, his, his physical, I don't know what you'd call it, like a mutation or an affliction or whatever is a representation of his, his guilt, I think. Um, but yeah, it's mostly just the Cain and Abel, uh, kind of influences. That's super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, obs I'm obsessed with theology. I love it. I love it. And the other question that Jason asked was, um, what are some of your influences for the overall beyond Judeo-Christian mythology? Like what other popular media do you feel has the most influence on your shape of the show? You kind of said uh, Hellboy, yeah, obviously. Hellboy. <laughs> that, was a, that was a massive one. I mean, I watched the films first and then I just got really into the comics and there's just something incredible. Like he has that like tool belt of like different charms and all this sort of thing, which is another massive inspiration for Adam's like bandolier that has all these little like magical objects and stuff. Um, <laughs> but besides Hellboy, uh, I guess Destiny, the video games, um, like Destiny 1, Destiny 2, I used to play like all the time. And up until I moved to uni, I was like, yeah, like every day just playing a bit of Destiny. Like it has this whole sci-fi, but it also has like these gods and it has this whole law behind it, this very deep law that you don't need to know, but mm. I don't know, it really, it really like applies to that sort of nerd side of me. And I think it's probably a big inspiration for it as well. Like it gets very philosophical in the writing, which I try to do because um, I did philosophy A-level. So it's like, that's another big thing as well as philosophy. Like there's a lot of very metaphysical ideas in, um, there's this thing, oh man, I say that and I can't remember the name of it. I think it was Aquinas. Oh, I'm, I'm really showing my ass here. Um, but this idea of like um, potentiality and then there's the efficient cause, which, you know, the potentiality mm. is like a block of marble. And then efficient cause is the, you know, the chisel, um, you know, turning it into a sculpture and the sculpture is actuality. So everything exists in potentiality. And then supposedly God is the efficient cause. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of little references to that. Like in the episode that just got released, actually episode 15, mm. it talks about the angel like piercing his heart with this golden spear and as if it were a sculptor using a chisel, which mm. I think is a, basically a direct reference to the analogy of efficient cause. Um, was I talking? Oh yeah, sorry, media. I got distracted. I love philosophy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, more references, um, like media stuff. I think Halo as well. I used to play mm. Halo with my brother. Um, yeah, all the time. And that was kind of a good way for us to like bond, I think, with Halo. Um, you know, the lore of that is also, there's a lot of like, not gods necessarily, but like ancient aliens, which is a thing that really gets me like, I love, I love ancient aliens. I think that's an <laughs> incredible concept. Um, uh, what else is there? I've been reading a book series called the, I don't know how to pronounce it. Hmm. It's spelled R-A-D-C-H, but it's the, I've been pronouncing it Radk. I don't know if that's right, um, but it's by Anne Leckie. And it's this really good trilogy that also is kind of, um, I don't, I don't want to say anything because it's like incredible, but it's basically, it's called, uh, the first one's called like Ancillary Justice or Ancillary, I don't know how to pronounce it. And it's about um, this massive, ship that is a hive mind of all these different like bodies that have been taken over by this i guess yeah this empire i don't know if you'd call it evil they're pretty evil um and it's about her sort of existing and, and i don't know i don't want to say anything but that's that's a big inspiration for me um and there's there's this rapper called um rap ferreira and he used to be called milo and there's a specific song of his um a lot of his music is very poetic and i kind of 
I'm influenced very heavily by that, I think. Just hmm. the, there are even words in certain sentences and kind of the structures that I will, I don't want to say take exactly, but been very inspired by. Um, hmm. Yeah, I just, I don't know. That's Those are the main things. I've basically just listed things I like there, but um, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's quite interesting because um, like we have all this media uh, available for almost every one of us, you know? But like the difference is that you took for example, Hellboy, and you said, well, I like Hellboy and I like, and I love theology and philosophy a lot, so I'm going to make this thing. And like that's the fun thing about creating, that you can get something mm. so different. And even if someone else will do the same, the outcome will be completely different, you know? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. I find it really interesting how you just, uh, like obviously there's a lot of input uh, done by you, but like how we mm. pick or inspiration because some sometimes there are there are things that do not make sense on their own or even together but when they come through us they make sense so it's really cool to see like how you just you're pinpointing like this and that and this and that and just like wow yeah. and music is really important like i think a lot of creators usually forget that we not not everyone but if, i think the ones that are kind of poetic and you're quite poetic Uh, I think I'm also mm. quite poetic. I mean, Doss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I think like the ones who really love somehow the rhythm or we are like really into the rhythm of the story and the poetic of it, uh, we're really inspired by music. And that's also really mm. cool. So <laughs> I think with, with music going on that point, like, um, so I'll come from quite an artistic background, artistic family, like, yes. Um, And that the idea of music representing emotions that you can't really put into words, I think mm. is very good. Like with abstract art as well, is like a major part of it is the sort of catharsis you get from either making it or viewing it. It expresses things in a way that you can't do with words. And I think that's very, I don't know, I think that's what why music is very good. I mean, I'm basically just repeating what you said, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, and also like if we think about it, the sound design is also music. Yes, yeah. So oh, yeah, absolutely. So we're basically just mixing that all the time. Like it doesn't matter if you mm. don't have anything musical-ish because the the noises or like the sounds that you use in the background, they will have a rhythm, they will have a pitch uh, and mm. you have to work with them. So there's like, there's a melody in what, in what you do. Yeah, I think it's incredibly suggestible as well the, yes. in terms of sound. I mean, I could talk for ages about sound, but... <laughs> Um, it, it's very like, it's, it's like, a, like how a score would in a film, I think with me, at least, I, I don't know about you, but it's how I kind of get people to feel how I want them to feel like beyond the words, if that makes sense. I don't know if you have that sort of similar philosophy to doing sound. Uh, for me, I mean, DOS is pretty much background music, uh, well, background sound because I'm more focused mm. on maybe the voices or like the ambience, but it, it is slowly changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because um, as, as you do, it is quite, like you have to step out of the way if you want to talk and you want to portray gods that you're thinking about because you mm. have to think about something that it's not human and it's not um, like we don't see every day. So you have to do that with sound. And it's also like mm. really creative. So, I mean, I think you realize much more than I do on that kind of melody. 
but I was I was also going to say like if I had to say how Chain of Being sounds in melody terms, it really sounds like an orchestra and like it's really alive. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. That's that's really nice to hear actually. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, I was thinking about it. it's like yeah, it's like something is vibrating and it's mm. so alive. Like that's the vibe that I get from Chain of Being. <laughs> Oh, I'm blushing now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get to the next question. Um, and cool. the next one is, how is typically a Chain of Being episode made? Well, it's it's kind of more of a, a cycle, but I'll start as mm. if I were just making an episode um, from scratch. So uh, I'll write it first, um, of course. I mean, yeah, um, I kind of have a, a general plot line. I've got this like A3 sheet of paper um, where I've written down like, from the beginning of time, all the main like events that will relate to the story. Um, and then I know what's going to happen. I know general events, but how I'm going to get there and what the episodes are going to be like to get mm. to that point is kind of, I kind of, I don't want to say make it up as I go along, but I make it up as I go along. Like there are things I know I want to happen and there are ideas I like to represent. But beyond that, I kind of just write as it as I feel. Um, and then once I've written the episodes, um, I'll run it by my dad because I think he's a very good writer and I like his, I trust his opinion um, a lot. So generally, you know, I'll have him read it. And then if there's any notes or anything he has, then I'll make any adjustments. Um, and then from there, I'll um, print it off and go through the script and underline any places where I think a sound effect would like fit. So it's easy, you know, he puts down a glass and then I do the sound of that or um, she fires a weapon and then the sound of the weapon firing. And then also things like ambiences as well. Like if he goes mm -hmm. from one room to another, how does the ambience change? I think in episode 13, um, A Wondrous Undoing, um, when he goes from the corridor into the room, the inventory, um, you know, there's different things in different rooms and the corridor is, and I find corridors quite hard to do because there's nothing actually happening, but you just have this mm. general sort of tone of everything around you, but through walls. And then he goes into the inventory and there's these printers humming in the background and there's these different things happening. Um, so yeah, that, that sort of thing, like how those changes would work. And sometimes I'll miss things and then, you know, mid uh, doing the sounds and lining it up, I'll have to go and record something or, you know, do the sound effect. Um, and then, so once I've written down all the lists, I get a big list with little circles and then I tick them off one by one as I make the sound effects. At the same time, I'll send off the lines to the voice actors, um, which I've got a really good sort of collection of voice actors. I've got some very talented people um, that I'm working with, uh, which is, you know, I'm, incred I'm incredibly lucky to have them. You know, I mean, without them, obviously, there would be no chain of being. Um, yes. Which is why, you know, yeah, they're incredible. They're brilliant. Uh, and so I'll send them off. And then once I get all the the uh, the lines in from the voice actors, I kind of put it all together. If anybody has any voice effects, like Adam has a slight voice effect, or like mm. when Epicurosa speaks, she has like different voices. So I'll like do them on the actual voice lines that they send into me, which maybe that's probably a bit risky because if I lose the file, then I don't have the original. But, you know, um, I'm sure I'll figure out a better way to do it soon. Uh, and then I, you know, line up all the lines and then lay in the sound effects, just timing everything right. And then I'll listen maybe like three, four times just on the, uh, computer. And then, because for some reason, when, once I export the file, hmm. it sounds like different, like some things are quieter. So I have to export it onto my phone. Then I listen on my phone, like another three to four times adjusting here and there. And then, and then I just, yeah. And then I release it like once I'm happy with it. And then I, I don't really listen back to episodes, um, I listened to like the first one recently just because I wanted to get a reminder of like how it started, um, getting quite sentimental with it. But um, yeah, 
that's that's the process <laughs> that's like so interesting like starting from the part that you ask your dad which i think is amazing yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like i wish i could do that <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. you, you come from he's, a. He's very artistic. Yeah, an artistic family. Like I understand. Um, that's that's really mm. cool, and also like, I found I find it really interesting that you just write it and then you think about how to adapt that into sound, because I don't know if if it has changed for you, but the way that I wrote the first script, of not not even those, because I had another podcast like in line mm. before those, and I just said okay no this one's maybe another day let's start with those but like the way that I, yeah. that I wrote the first script it is completely different like for example like the last uh episode of those you know in the first season like the notes yeah. that I make are incredibly different like I for example I now write down things like steps things like yeah you know, like yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> there's this sound, there's this recorder. Uh, this is what you have to hear, and then I'm just like, how am I make when I make that that sound? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I went through a very similar journey. Um, like the first episode, and you can even hear it just in what's being said. Like he goes, I get up, I open this can. You know, yes. I do this, I do that. Like it, there's just a lot of action words, like to you know tell me, okay, now you do the sound of that happening, and then as it went on and now I don't do that at all. I just write what I think should happen. And then I let future me decide how that's going to work. Cause you know, the writing mindset and the sound design mindset, I think are very different. I think, they are. you know, yeah, there it's, it's yeah, I'm the same. Now I, I just, I kind of worry about it later, um, which I think is good. Cause then I, I I'm challenging myself. Yeah, I mean, sound is your thing. I, I do it for the complete opposite. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> reason <laughs> like I do it because it's like you have to focus on this once you get to editing <laughs> please do this yeah sure <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then you're just like I will improvise that's a problem for the Kai of tomorrow <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you know I'll be annoyed at myself but you know it always works out that, that's the thing like it's really I think there's uh yeah there's there's, there's us, um, a question for that but it is quite interesting when you're like in a in a strange moment, like for example, some sound doesn't sound like you expected or a line mm. doesn't work or you thought of it one way and then the VA does something different that you like more, but now you don't have, you don't know how to put it entirely. So you just have to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just have to switch up. It's just like, okay, creativity, here you come. So <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And first it's really stressing, but then it's so much fun. Sometimes you end up with really, really cool things. I think that's what makes it exciting still, because if it came out exactly as I had it in my head, it'd be nice for the for a bit, and then there's less surprise. There's less kind of like spice. Do you know what I mean? It's True. it's it, it's fun to have it, you know, not go with how you expected. Because then, you know, you're having a good time and it's I don't know, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. <laughs> okay, so the next question is from Paul from the Green the Green Horizon. Absolute legend. Yeah, he is <laughs> incredible. He's brilliant. Yeah. Second season of the Green Horizon coming soon, <laughs> which you oh, and man, I. I'm so excited. You and I yes. are in <laughs> the feature. <laughs> yes, I I don't I'm, know. Yeah. I don't know who you're playing, and I think you don't know who I'm playing. So I'm super excited. I can't. I can't wait to hear you. It's gonna be so sick. Oh shit, David! I know him. I know him. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. basically. laughs> oh my god, that's Sky. Okay. <laughs> I know that 
voice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Adam from... <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, I know him. Yeah. It's like crossover. <laughs> yeah, crossover. We, we cross over like our podcast so much with our voices just alone. His uh, question is, if Chain of Bean was made into a TV show, who would play the characters? I love this question. <laughs> I love this question so much. It's so fun. It's, love to, it's really nice to fantasize, isn't it? Mm. Um, I think if I were to have it, you know, if I had complete creative control, which, you know, it doesn't always end up like that. I don't think I would do it live action. I think I would have it animated. Oh. So I think yes. it would suit the style better because there are, you know, things that I don't think would work. In, I mean, I'd love to see the characters live action. I'd love to see like Epicurosa done realistically, but um, you know, I think animated is the way to go because I'm very inspired by like, I have like a Pinterest where I just put all these different ideas and stuff and I'm very inspired by like, you know, drawings. And I think they're beautiful. And I think it's, you know, you want it to have a certain aesthetic. And so I think animated would work very well. So it's not quite in the spirit of the question, but if I were to have it animated and I did have complete creative control, or not complete, but I had a certain level of control over how mm. it was made. I think I just have the voice actors that I use to play the characters just come in and play their characters. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to get to that level of success without trying my best to bring them with me. Because, you know, there is bigger, they're a bigger part of it than me, I feel. Because they're the thing that everybody listens to. And while I do voice a character, it's so integral. And I kind of, yeah, I want them to be the characters because they are the characters and they embody them in such a, in such a good way. It wouldn't make sense to have someone else play Epicurosa, you know, and I think there's not, you know, tons of reoccurring characters, which I want to change, but I don't know. I'd want to have the people that play them now play them when it, it or say when, but if it becomes a TV show. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So anybody listening, please just listen to yeah. Chain of Being, make it like an TV show, like Any animated TV show. Yes. Honestly. Call Kai. You know, <laughs> don't mind. I mean, we've got the audio already. You can just edit around the episodes. I don't mind. Exactly. <laughs> I, that's, that's a really nice answer that I wasn't expecting. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so question number five. As someone who's studying now sound art, sound is important mm. and soundscapes and special effects. Like we talk a little bit about this. But what's the most yeah. creative thing you've done with Tino Bean in this sense? So I, I've written all these answers down in a little notebook I've got in front of me. And I found <laughs> this question very hard to like think about because I don't remember how I did a thing. Yeah. Like it's really bad. Like I don't remember, you know, if it's a specific thing that will come back, like the voice of a character or a certain weapon, you know, I'll write down how I did it so I can go back and recreate it. But once I've made the thing, I just move on almost immediately to the next episode. So I have got some things, but... I'm sure there are things that I've done that are like a bit out there. Hmm. Um, actually, one's just come to me. There we go. In the moment, un unprepared. I'm improvising. Um, there was when in episode, I, th I don't remember which episode number it is. I think like 10 or 11 in, uh, I think it's the episode's called My Eyes Sting With Tears. And they like see a Vignadal for the first time and a Vignadal like hmm. speaks to them um, just with hmm. his actual voice uh, played by my father. Um, uh, <laughs> and... There's this um, plugin called Palindrome by um, a company called Glitch Machines. And it's basically a sampler that will cycle between four different sounds. I mean, this is, you know, going to be quite boring to people that don't care about sound, but it will, you know, morph the sounds and go in certain patterns and stuff. And it's, it's um, insane to use. So what I did was I put in each, all four of the different sounds I could use. I took the lines that he was saying and mm. put them into those four sections and then messed around with it. So when you listen and he's about to speak, you hear what he's saying, like morphed and warped before he says it. 
Like mm. it, it's part of the ambience really. So you kind of have to listen quite closely, but that I was very proud of because it was this idea that he is beyond time and he doesn't like adhere to the laws that we do. So what he's saying has been said and is being said because he's from outside of the universe. And I think that kind of, I was very happy with the way that came out. And I think, I think that episode is quite good. Um, but that, that one I was quite happy with, uh, do you, I mean, I've just got, I've got two others here. Do you want me to just tell you the sort of the stories behind them? Cause that's always fun with like sound stuff. Yes. I mean, if you just have like two other more, I think that's, that's super fine. Like I'm really interested. Um, so in the standalone episode that my brother wrote, um, there's the queen vortex and she has this like proton lance. So what I did was, um, on free sound, which is, I mean, the greatest website I think ever created. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. Every podcast is like dreams, free sound. Um, there's, uh, uh, like an electromagnetic microphone recordings which um, if you've ever like, there's a YouTube video of like someone going around with like an EM microphone. It sounds like just like nothing you've ever heard. It's so beautiful. Um, and so I basically took that and then, you know, uh, obviously did a bit of, you know, sound design magic and messed around with it. But that's the sound of like, because obviously, I don't know, protons, it makes me think of like electricity and that sort of thing. So when she turns it on, mm. it's kind of like this crackling energy thing. So that's what I did for her, um, her weapon. And um, the angel rifle that um, the scales of Nemesis uses when she shoots um, Might Upon Serenity, hmm. um, the first charging up bit is actually like a firework um, that I found. It's just the firework kind of like skitters on the ground. So it kind of goes and then it fires. And so I quite liked that sort of charging up feel. Um, so yeah, it's fireworks and, and uh, yeah. So th those are like the top three, I think that I'm quite proudest of in terms of sound. I'm really happy that you... you explain them because the last one is one of my favorites like i was really, oh, yeah. i was yeah. really listening recently and i was like i love this sound so much i mean it is so good it is so specific you know exactly what is happening and it sounds it sounds like perfect and also what you said about obig nadal's uh voice it really gives that vibe or out of the universe like nothing you've yeah. ever listened before which yeah. it was what you were aiming for as <laughs> I, I think yeah, I'm really I'm glad it came off yeah so it's like at least for me because everyone is different but for me it was like yeah like <laughs> this is really different. yeah this this isn't normal yes <laughs> okay so specific to the universe I also wanted to ask why these alien races and do you plan to stick only to them or there will be more probably now and then some additions if inspiration uh strikes so um, with like the alien races, I kind of, these, these are all ones, I think, yeah, all of them are ones in this, you know, when I talked earlier about the notebook with the, the you know, the, the chain of mm. being and all these different races and stuff, I was basically just doodling. Um, and some of them don't look the same as they did back then, but like the Malgaric, the Viatorians and uh, the humans, of course, are all pretty much in the same shape and the same, like, I mean, I don't know if you saw, um, uh, do I say is Judas? Do I call do I call them Judas? Is yeah, okay? yeah, 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 Judas. Yeah, um, the the you know the piece that Judas drew is that is exactly how I imagined them, um, which is really exciting to see. Um, so yeah, those those I don't know where that came from. I guess you know the Viatorians. I don't think I'm being a bit harsh on myself here, but I don't think they're the most creative idea because you know tall blue skinned aliens. That's just Avatar, isn't it? But you know it's I think the culture that they have um, is something that I I'm going to put my most creativity into and something I definitely want to explore in the future I just haven't had, had a massive chance to do um mm. just yet just the way that the story has gone but um yeah and for those races at least and then all the other stuff I think you know um I'm just you know they're just fish people I don't think I'm like super creative with alien races I'd like to get a bit more creative with it but um in terms of so yeah I would like to add more is, is kind of like the short answer um 
and I'm happy with the ones I've got. And right, you know, in the episode, I think it's like episode three, I want to say, when they're in the council hall and there's all these like, and it, you know, the way it's described is there's this massive hall mm. just full of these like bubbles of different alien races. And I think mm. um, there's definitely more. They're just not kind of shown up yet. Um, uh, so yeah, I would like to have more in the future. It's just, I need, I don't know. It just depends when they show up. And I'm sure I'll like mention them offhandedly, kind of like in that George Lucas style way, you know, he'll just <laughs> say something and then make a massive thing of it later. Yes, I'm just I just waiting for the fan art. Like I really I really need to see oh via Viatorians oh. and the Haas. I really like the Haas. Like I already told the you. That's a fun. I'm I'm like interested because I don't know, I'm a very water people. I really like water. So people who live in the water and alien races like that mm. are just like, yes, I want to know more about yeah. you. <laughs> Oh, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do an episode about the Haas just for you. Okay, so and um, well, the last big, big question because then we have a little quick round with four questions just for fun. Mm. But the last one would be, what's the future of Chain of Being? Like how the future of Chain of Being looks like? So, um, in terms of this first season, the end is in sight. I will say, um, maybe three, four episodes away um, is the finale. I reckon. Uh, I might be, I might, you know, change my mind and do a bunch of little interludes, but um, <laughs> there's definitely, I know how it's going to end. I've got a very specific way I'm going to end it, which I hope is as cool as it is in my mind as it will be when I make it, but we'll we'll see. Um, there's definitely also going to be a season two. I know how that's going to look and I know what the sort of main villain is going to be. I've kind of been dropping in little things and setting up, uh, I say little, I've been dropping in quite a few things, but of, of what season two is going to be about. And I think if you... I don't know. I don't want to say anything just to, just in case I like change my mind. But um, yeah, it's. I think it's going to be cool. Uh, who knows for season three? I've had ideas, um, but we'll we'll focus on present right now. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, it's kind of tough because now I'm at uni. Um, I've got like actual work to be doing, mm. so it's it's tough to sort of say how long it's going to take. But yeah, I think. And also, if it takes off, I'm going to just have a Patreon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think if the Patreon takes off a bit more, um, you know, one of the goals is, well, the first goal is to like pay my actors for their work because, mm. you know, they're incredible. And then the second goal is that like for, I'm going to start commissioning more artists to do, you know, the characters or even just the races. Like I'd like to see the Viatorians done, you know, because there's a lot of very talented artists out there. Yes. And I'd like to support people because it's, it's like, yeah, it's stunning some of the work that I've seen. I follow a lot of artists on on the Twitter and it's just beautiful. So I'd love to have that done in a very, uh, you know, professional style. So yeah, I think more art, hopefully. And uh, we've got season two on the way. Yeah. So remember, if you like Chain of Being, join the Patreon. <laughs> yes, definitely, please. <laughs> it, it helps a lot to a small uh, podcast mm. to like join the Patreons. It yeah. really makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. So even if you don't like... Just even if it's just like, I like this, just you can tweet at me and just say, I like the podcast because that will make my week. Like, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like anytime that someone is just like, oh my God, I finished those and I love it. And just like, oh my, but you listened all the way through. Oh, exactly. Like, exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I did. I did the same thing that you said um, a while ago, like listening to the first episode. Um, you're, you, you may be happy with your first episode. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> like mm. a lot of people well, tell I, I me remastered that, the first episode yeah, so. true true you did that i'm thinking about that i'm probably not mm. gonna do that because it makes sense the way it is but sometimes i'm just mm. like thank you for pulling through because the first one well the first one you know setting most of the time 
your, your first yeah. one is really good. It's really good. You have to start make good. Um, but what mm-hmm. I also wanted to say, we we have talked about them. So just say a big thanks uh, to them, to your VAs, because it's what you said. Like they mm-hmm. without them, there's no chain of being and the VAs on chain of being are awesome. So I would like to send them also a hug from here. <laughs> yes, As a big, big thank you to the VAs. I've got, they're very supportive. There's some really lovely people I'm working with. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah. If if there are any big people listening, like give them work, please, because I think they deserve it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so quick round. <laughs> yes. This will these. be yeah. First question. Cool. Easiest and hardest character to write. So easiest character um, is definitely Epicurosa. Um, mm. I have the best time writing her lines. Like that speech when she gets angry at um, Alexander Ashton was like so enjoyable. Just somebody getting really pissed off. Like she's this amazing, <laughs> wonderful, brilliant goddess that, oh no, not, not goddess, sorry, um, god that sort of is like so powerful. And this little insignificant speck is just like, you know, shouting at her and that, that sort of rage that she feels that, I don't know, it's just very fun to write. Um, and then uh, I think the hardest character is actually Adam. Uh, I find him really, because... I basically, and this is a criticism I've received, which not in like a bad way, because I love I love getting good criticism, but like he's basically just a narrator that interacts with the world. Like he doesn't, I think right, right early on, he doesn't have a lot of character development, which I'm trying to change. And I think with the latest episode, I'm kind of starting to do, like push that a little bit. But um, mm. I find him, I often forget to just have him as a person as opposed to just a narrator, which I'm, I'm working on. I think, you know, I think I'm getting there, but you know, we'll see. Uh, yes, there we go. It's not very quick, but... <laughs> okay, so, favorite scene, and I let you pick three so far. Okay, um, Epicurus's introduction um, in, in A Wondrous Undoing. I think the visuals and the... I say visuals, but the way I've described it, I think, is very good. I'm very happy with that. Um, I think when Adam is floating in space in episodes, I think that's like six and seven. Oh, um, yes. Uh, po- yeah, part one and two, epistatis. I think that's very fun. I liked that sort of... I tried to quite make it quite tense. And then I think the speech that Sword of Nemesis does in the rain um, to like this sort of, I kind of based it off of like fascist speeches. And I think I did a good mm. job in sort of like they are evil, evil. Like, yeah. Like the, the Anthronesis are so interesting. <laughs> yes. I, uh, that's, that's, that's my attempt at trying to get political. I'm going to try and go a bit more with it. But um, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So name a character that's in a store that we haven't listened to yet, but you can wait us. To meet them, there's there's quite a few. It's kind of hard. I've got lots of you know ideas banging about, but um, I've not really explored. I think we talked about this earlier, but I've not really explored the rest of the species a lot. Hmm. Like you know the cultures and stuff like that. Like the Vince kind of got it briefly with um, oh, what was it called on Darjeeling? I don't remember the name of the episode, but hmm. yeah, like things like the Hass and the and the Dorians and stuff like that. I think I'd like to do a bit more with. Um, in terms of characters coming, well, I say very soon, but. Coming soonish, um, there's a character called Lan Rallis, um, that I'm I'm excited for people to meet. I like <laughs> writing her, and I think she's very cool, and I hope people like her. Um, yeah, there we go. I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think you'll, you'll meet her soon. Yeah, it, it's hard to talk a little bit about things that are yet to come, but you cannot yeah. speak about. <laughs> I don't want to like spoil it because it's yeah. But there we go. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like this name. Like when you listen to this name again, just think that Kai. Is waiting yes. for our reaction. <laughs> yes, please, please like her. I think she's cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and last question, which I find super fun, is if you could do crossovers, which podcast would you pick? Oh, see, it's really hard because on the it one, is. like, 
well, there's, there's two reasons it's hard. It's because I'm very like nerdy about my own universe. And so if I think there were to be a crossover, it would have to be like an AU kind of, yeah, alternate universe sort of thing, like, mm. or at least like non-canon because... You know, it, it would have a lot of implications if he suddenly, like, if Adam showed up in the Green Horizon. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think, you know, it's, oh, it's really hard. I think things like I think Voidless would be quite fun to do, like a crossover with by oh. um, Calliopic Productions. I quite I w- wouldn't mind doing that because they've kind of got I don't know. There's a bit there's a bit of fun there, and also because it's it's quite contained the the episode so far. Um, it, it kind of works. Hmm. I think I'd be open to like a crossover. I mean. In terms of having Adam, you know, in another universe and stuff, it's it's tough. But yeah, anyone really. If anybody's up for it, I'll I'll do a crossover. But yeah, a sci-fi stuff definitely. But you know, I wouldn't mind at all. Yeah, because I mean, you can always uh, explain it like you know, there's like this rip in the universe, and suddenly Adam is somewhere, yeah, or these exactly. people. <laughs> like I can totally see the crew of the Green Horizon just like going through somewhere they shouldn't have gone through. <laughs> And then yeah. suddenly they're in your universe and meeting Adam. It would be hilarious. Yeah, just com- <laughs> yeah I think just this complete, like, yeah, way out of their depth in like this very it's a horrible, insane universe that, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if it's, like, extra content and, you know, like, it's not canon, yeah. but I'm, I'm like, yeah, true. M- my head is full. Like, I tweeted yesterday that I have so many ideas with crossovers. Um, but also my head is full of um, holiday specials and things like that. You know, like I keep talking, I keep talking <laughs> to my VAs because I don't know why I have like the best VAs in the world, you know, and they're just mm. like all the time, like we should do like a Christmas family dinner with the Pantheon. We should do like, <laughs> with, like our characters playing D&D and I'm like, I don't have time for all these great ideas. <laughs> That's so lovely. I was, I liked the idea that like, as if Chain of Being were like a play or something, and then you have hmm. all like the char- like the characters sort of just chatting to each other in the like in the green room or something. I thought that could be quite fun. I think it will be, it will be also like really fun. I don't know if you were maybe too young. I don't know. Like these videos are a little bit old. Like um, there were like these YouTube videos of I think YouTube videos that talk about movies, but I don't remember specifically about that. And then at the end, mm. they will be in a diner. And so it will be like maybe Batman talking oh, to... Oh, how it should have ended. Yeah, how it should have ended. I used yes. to, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to love how it should have ended. So, I, that so I can imagine, like, I think it will be pretty fun to just like take characters from our podcast and just put them in a restaurant yeah. talking. Just <laughs> chatting to each other. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and interacting. Like Adam walks in in a diner and there's Gino. There, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like exactly. that. <laughs> like, how will they react? What will they talk about? How, yeah, <laughs> and that's like when we oh, don't have really fun. <laughs> yeah, when we don't have like much to do because we're in between seasons. I think that's something we could totally do. <laughs> I have to start. We have to start making plans. I really like that idea. <laughs> yeah, let, let's write Paul. Okay, Paul. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, that be it. I think like this was super fun. Yeah. I, I hope like you had a lot of fun answering the question. This was very nice. I'm incredibly vain, so it was nice to talk about myself for like 40 minutes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate that. Hopefully this is this this uh people enjoy this. Yes, no, it was like super fun and like most of the things I also wanted to ask you because it's a really completely different show from those. Mm. But we have one thing in common and it's like the whole gods and faith idea. Yes. And I think that's yes, really interesting. Absolutely. You know, because we're connected by that and then and yet we did completely different. 
things. Yeah, I think that's brilliant though. I think that's so fantastic that we kind of have these similar influences and yet they take so such different forms is is kind of a testament to our like creativity as people. Yes. I think that's, you know, because as, as artists now, I mean, I don't know if this is quite nihilistic to say, but like everything's been done more or less. I think there are no like super original ideas anymore. So yes. what we have to do is take the influences from our lives and just put ourselves like entirely into it because otherwise you know to make it unique it has to be us that is the unique factor mm. do you know what i mean and yes yeah that's just my philosophy anyway and also like a psychologist <laughs> as a psychologist i'm really yeah. interested on like when you have to create gods or do you have to define gods what do you pick and yes what things do you focus on because it changes massively from one person to another So I'm just like, mm. why, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you again, Kai, for this. And I hope that Chino being thank keeps you. being awesome. I can wait for the season finale. I know it would be good. Uh, season yes. finales yes. are difficult. They're, they're yeah. super interesting. Um, so I will just say that please support Chino being, uh, again, if you cannot join the <laughs> Patreon, just telling your friends that you love this thing yes. and that they should listen to it, it is, like, a lot. Like, if you just do It's, that, yeah. we're, we are really, like, grateful, like, incredibly grateful. So do that. Absolutely. <laughs> please, 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 please. And also listen to uh, do, uh, DOS after you. I, I want to call it day, but no one will know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I call it day. day a lot. Yeah. Listen, listen to DOS after you. It's, it's incredible. It's, I mean, you know. Uh, I did a review on Podchaser, like a little thing, but it's so like, it just really draws you in. I can't get over it. It's brilliant. It's really good. So please listen to that as well. It's a horror story, but it's also a love story. <laughs> The best combo. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Bly Manor. It's absolutely the best combo you can get. <laughs> Outside of sci-fi. Inside sci-fi. Yes. Bean. Definitely. <laughs> Hello there. Um, this is Kai. You just heard the interview between me and David. Um, I hope you enjoyed. I'm just doing a little off the cuff kind of outro thing. Um, the, the reason we did this Q and A is because it's, uh, hopefully this will be released on time. Um, I mean, I'm, I've just finished editing, so, uh, I can't imagine why it wouldn't show up on the, on the 28th, but, um, it's been a year of chain of being, um, of me making chain of being. Um, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's like supported me. Um, there's, you know, a great list of people, uh, that have been integral to the development of this podcast, of this thing that I think is such a significant part of my life now. Um, uh, it's just, yeah, I'm very, very grateful to people. Um, hopefully there's more to come, you know, I'm sure I'll do another thing in, in another year, but, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's changed my life in such a fantastic way. Um, and I just want to say thank you. If you, you know, even if you just listen, even if you've never interacted, you don't even follow on Twitter, just to listen, you know, those, those numbers going up, I mean, a lot, um, uh, and, you know, and so, and I've made a lot of friends as well. So to all the friends that I've made from this podcast, um, I just like to say thanks for the support. Um, it means a lot. I think, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Um, you know, just, uh, keep listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this. I've had a really good time. Uh, bye. <laughs>